Hi, this is Ari Mark, Senior Vice President of Partnerships for the Drone Racing League, and this is One on One with ADC Partners. Hey, this is Dave Almey of ADC Partners. The Drone Racing League's current season wraps up on NBC with the Algorand World Championship semifinals on March 26th and then the finals on April 8th. So it's kind of a miracle I managed to get the league's senior vice president of partnerships, Ari Mark, to sit down long enough for an interview. These are heady days for the DRL, so Ari, who oversees the league's partnership portfolio, is zinging around faster than one of his competitors' 90-mile-an-hour drones. And for good reason. The self-styled sport from the future is holding live events again, so the energy around the league is absolutely crackling. Sponsors like the Air Force, Alliance, T-Mobile, and many others have absolutely taken notice. In our conversation, Ari and I talk about his introduction to the DRL after working for blue-chip sports properties like the NBA and the NFL's Miami Dolphins, and what it's like to create partnerships for a property where the sky is quite literally the limit. He'll also reveal the origin story behind his preferred drone racing handle, Daddy Icefire. So you're sure as hell not going to want to miss that. Enjoy. The Drone Racing League is such a unique sensory experience. I mean, I haven't had the opportunity to go to one of the events yet, but just watching on YouTube or any of the streaming channels where it's appearing, it's just, it's like a sensory overload. There's so much going on. How do you even begin to describe one of your events to someone who's never seen one before? First of all, David, it's a, it's a perfect uh, thing for an audio recording like this for a podcast to try to describe <laughs> right. uh, such a visual sport. But in, in all seriousness, I think there's a couple things that we generally say to kind of give someone the picture. One is Formula One of the skies. So if you think oh, of I love it. one, the technology, the speed, the performance, but bring that into the air in a fully aerial course, the other would be a real life video game brought to life. And when you look at one of our races, it feels like you're watching a video game, yet there are actual machines flying and buzzing around and crashing in front of you. And I think, you know, depending on the audience we're talking to, those two comparisons could resonate differently. I think what's always fun for me is hearing what people say back to me. What are some of the best ones you've ever heard? Uh, we like, we hear Tron or Ready Player One or you know, Star Wars pod racing, or I think there was a game called Star Fox when I was really young. I'm dating myself. So oh it, boy. It's a- I, I unfortunately have played that one before, so I'm really dating myself. There, there we go. But I, I, I think that's the fun part in, in all seriousness is we're not like anything else. And, no. you know, it, when, when you go to a DRL race or even when you watch on TV, one of the big responses we get is, how is this real? How is this a thing? How is this happening, you know, in, in 2023? And one of our sort of taglines is sport from the future, right? It, it's happening now, but the future has come to us. Because it really does not look like anything else. And I, and I know if anybody's listening, you haven't gone online and you haven't looked at any of the videos associated with this, you really need to, because as, as Ari pointed out, for an audio format, it's close to impossible to describe exactly what it is. But it is does have that, like, I've literally been dipped into the inside of a video game. And you have that sense of it's all just happening around you. It's it's just remarkable. And it must be a really exciting thing to be part of right now. I mean, what was your first experience with it? Like, when you walked in and saw it for the first time, did you think, 
oh man, I have to be part of this? Or how did that all unfold for you? Yeah, well, I had a, I had a couple different sort of entrees into drone racing. Um, you know, many years ago when I was working for the Miami Dolphins at Hard Rock Stadium, I was in sort of a, a cross-functional meeting and they were talking about, hey, there's a drone race happening in the stadium, close set later on this week. Um, and I remember just saying drone race and asking a million <laughs> questions that did not pertain at all to my day job at the time, but understanding the technology, understanding where the drones would be racing through the bowels of the stadium, out, back around, you know, up the helixes at, at Hard Rock Stadium. And I was fascinated by the whole thing and life got in the way and I didn't actually attend that race. I had a, one of my kids had a commitment, uh, but for years I was then kicking myself when I started at DRL that I, I could have seen it much earlier. It kind of hooked you right from just from from the information about it and kind of scratch an itch for you, didn't it? Just going back to what we were saying before, like, how is this a thing? How is this possible right now? And, and the notion of them flying around and kind of through the hallways of where I was working at the time was fascinating to me. And then when I started at, at DRL, it was right in the height of the pandemic. So mm. it was actually six months or so before I ever went to a real life drone race. We were doing simulation. I had obviously seen the shows and the clips. But I remember having, and I'll be totally candid, having this moment as we were counting down to the first race saying, am I going to like this? What is this experience going to be like? I've invested time and energy. And when, when the drones first came off the podium, you know, 90 miles an hour, making that first turn in front of my face, this rush of adrenaline hit me. And, and I just was so locked into this is an incredible sport that more people need to see. And it's been sort of our, our mission to grow that. That's kind of amazing that up until the drones left the podium, you were a little bit uncertain as to what was going to unfold before you. I mean, that you came from the NBA. You obviously, like you mentioned previously, you've worked in the NFL with the Dolphins uh, before you joined uh, the Drone Racing League in 2020. What was that transition like? Because this is not your normal sports marketing property. What got you excited about what the DRL brought to the table for you? And did you have any concerns? I mean, other than not having seen it. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I'll start with the concerns. I knew nothing about drones. I yeah. knew, you know, very little about motorsports and esports and some of the things that DRL is adjacent to. So it was not a home run sort of, this is my experience level. Um, but I think what really drew me was, um, I don't know, a, a curiosity or a hunger to one, learn about something different and immerse myself in something different. And then two, to be in an earlier stage of something. And I, you know, I'm incredibly fortunate to have worked at the NBA and under, you know, amazing leadership, David Stern, Adam Silver, Mark Tatum, and at the Dolphins with Tom Garfinkel and the amazing team there. But when you're working for a more mature sport, there is a lot of red tape. There's a lot of stakeholders involved. There's teams, leagues, players associations, media partners. There's a, a lot of different stakeholders. And candidly, there's a lot of times where creativity has to be stifled or you, know, you have to say no. Um, and so what drew me to DRL was this notion of something that's young and fresh and nimble and can move quickly. And the idea that, you know, we could create a partnership model and create, you know, a business where we didn't really have to say no and where we could think incredibly big. And, and not only we could, where we sort of have to think big because we're not a cookie cutter sport. We don't fit neatly into anyone's particular box. So 
let's go, you know, all out and, and be totally creative and, and innovative in everything we do. Had you considered yourself to be entrepreneurial in, in the past? Because like I said, you know, you work with the NBA and you work with the NFL. Those are sort of the blue chip brands, particularly in sports. Had that always been an itch that you were thinking about scratching or did the DRL take you a little bit by surprise that way? Probably both, if that's yeah. an acceptable answer. I mean, I think- Now we'll I, let it go this one time. I, I, I'm a curious person is yeah, what okay. I would say. And yeah. so- um, you know, I understand that I have a job and I'm measured on what that role is. And, in, in, you know, in this case, driving revenue for a sports league. But I do always find a level of curiosity of, OK, but how does that fly or how does that work or how did we decide to do that? Or, you know, what are the rules of this sport and why did we settle on those rules or talk about the early days when things weren't working as well? And, and so I always wanted to get closer to sort of the core of what we were doing and DRL being in a, you know, younger stage, kind yeah. of smaller organization than, you know, mm -hmm. a, a league office um, allows me to do a lot of that. So I wouldn't say I was itching to start my own business at the moment, uh, but this also brings me closer to a lot of those parts of running a business that I didn't always have exposure to. I love the fact that you bring up the idea of curiosity when we're talking to people and the idea of curiosity in these kinds of conversations comes up so many times as being not only like what drives people to go and try new things, but particularly in your role in developing partnerships, that ability to be curious about what a company does and what they're trying to do and how the drone racing league can impact them is such a fundamental part of success in this business. Can you talk about that a little bit and link that to how do you strike that balance between the curiosity that they have about the drone racing league and trying to balance that equation? Like I need to tell you about the DRL cause it's pretty new, but I really need to learn about your business too, in order to build a program that's going to be effective going forward. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I think, you know, talk about on a personal level, curiosity, I like to ask questions, which uh, again, ironic that I'm on the other side of the table uh, being interviewed here, but um, I, I got you on the hot seat now, don't I, Mark? There, there we go. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I like to ask questions, and that is very helpful in my role in, in yeah. understanding the challenges that you know our partners or prospective partners are facing, and uncovering ways that we may be able to help. And it really does start with that asking questions and understanding what the what the real challenges are. I think you know people have asked me sort of in career advice, like what what do you like about your job or what do you like about your role. And I always say it's sort of this weird life hack where my job somehow has been to meet some of the top marketers in the world and ask them how they market their business. And they just tell me um, and they, <laughs> they provide me the privilege of, of trying to help and support that. And, you know, on a typical day, I might be talking consumer electronics, blockchain, packaged goods, you know, oil and gas, military defense, all of these different categories where I get to learn about how these businesses are being run on a global scale and, and get a, a chance to potentially help them with what they're trying to do. And so, you know, when we're lucky with DRL that, uh, to my earlier point, we don't have as many restrictions. And so I will go into a conversation and say, what's your biggest challenge? What are yeah. the problems that you're facing? You know, what, what makes this year or this quarter a success for you or a failure? And then we get to be really nimble and creative in trying to figure out how we can solve that problem for them. And that's, I think, based on what I understand about the drone recently and listening to you talk about it and seeing you get excited about it, listening to you be excited about it, 
a lot of it goes back to the idea that this isn't just, hey, here's a sign in the end zone, here's two tickets for the for the hospitality suite uh, and a couple of TV spots, and we'll call it a day. This is not a hang a sign in the end zone type of sponsorship, right? There seems like there's so many things that you can do with and for a partner. Do the partners come to you with ideas? Do you generally come back to them? How does that balance work? And how do you get them up to speed on like literally when the, the you know the whiteboard is totally blank, how do you start corralling all that creativity? Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. Sometimes we have to actually reshape the the partner's mindset because mm -hmm. they'll start sort of shutting things down at first. Well, what we'd really love to do is this, but we know that there's going to be a restriction here. And I'm sure the broadcaster won't let us do this, but and we have to say <laughs> no rules for a second, right? <laughs> we have some safety being one of them with our drones, but but if you take a no rules approach, like what do you want to do? What's one of the questions I, I asked, like what is what is the big idea you had that you couldn't get off the ground with another partner? And we'll take a crack at what that looks like. And so you're right. We're not a hang in the a sign of the end zone type partner. We look to be way more integrated. We are a growing league ourselves, And so we are looking for partners that can help accelerate the sport, whether that's via technology or, or some type of service or some type of new community that they're introducing us to, as well as we're introducing them to our community. I'll give a, a quick story. You know, years ago uh, in a former role, I was in a brainstorm, it's my air quotes, around how to help a, a partner kind of promote 5G. Okay. And after all of the brainstorming, what we came back with was a really big sign that used to not say 5G that now we were gonna add the, the, the characters 5G to. Well done and team. <laughs> I, 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 exactly. And, you know, I got to DRL and we were engaged in, in a conversation with who's now our wireless partner, T-Mobile. Mm -hmm. And one of the one of the questions was, you know, how do we really promote 5G? And our solution was we're going to build a 5G enabled drone and we're actually going to fly drones on 5G. We're going to stream HD video in real time. We're going to create new experiences for our fans. And, you know, that that story isn't to be critical of past, you know, roles or partnerships. It's the value of being with a young and nimble company is let's go big, let's create something new, you know, let's build technology that will actually show and not just tell. I feel like that's such a fundamental part of what every sponsor says they want now, which is, and I know you're going to probably you know, laugh a little when I say it, like authenticity is such an important part of what every partner says they want. And what you've just described is probably the most fundamental part of or aspect of authenticity that you can bring to bear. Literally, the technology that your partner is providing is running the event. It's baked in, it's integrated. But sometimes I think that's hard for partners who are used to the old way. And so there's that getting up to speed kind of quality. Did that happen for you too, coming out of the NFL, coming out of the NBA? And did you have to go through a mind switch to be able to sort of create this much broader universe of possibility? It's, it's a great question. Externally, no, right? I was ready for it. It's part of yeah. why I you know, joined DRL because I, I was hungry for that, to be mm -hmm. able to think without restrictions. What was eye-opening for me was internally when I would go back to the operations team or our leadership and say, I have this crazy idea, you know, we probably can't do it, but you know, this, and they would be like, hell yeah, let's, let's roll. Let's do it. Um, no way. Did you hear what I just said? This is what yeah. I wanted. <laughs> I remember one of my early conversations with uh, our founder, Nick Korbachevsky, where I just said to him, like, what are, what are some big ideas? If I'm on a call with a partner and they want to think big. And he immediately just said drone race on the moon. And I said, what now? And he said, we want to do a drone race on the moon. 
And he talked about discussions we've had with NASA and how remote technology could work and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that was a, a great kind of aha moment, literally in week one, where I said, this is the right place for me. This is the type of big thinking. And for anyone listening that wants to do a drone race on the moon, we're, we're open for business. I would say that that is probably the best big idea I've ever heard in my life, drone racing on the moon. You heard it here first, everybody. Just remember, I'll, I'll tell you, it, has, it has the David stamp of approval. <laughs> big thumbs up here on the audio. I think the other thing I really find fascinating too about drone the drone racing league and the drones themselves is that they are also at the center of content development they i mean that's the other thing everybody's you know how do we develop compelling content how do we draw people to our brand and your event literally creates as it's going fascinating content and compelling content as just the very nature of what it is you do and i think we saw that play out particularly in a fascinating way for me with the New Balance relationship. And for those of people who haven't seen it yet, I'm actually going to ask you to describe the nature of how you worked with New Balance around um, Francisco Lindor and a little bit how that came together because there's multiple pieces that are going on here. Yeah, well, if you'll indulge me for a second, I'll, I will more I'll than a second. A a very late term sort of technological breakdown of our drones and, and how they fly, which is uh, called first person view or known as FPV. And so <clears throat> the drones that we use have a camera on them that is fed back into goggles that the pilots are wearing. So the pilots are, are looking through the perspective of the drone. They're, they're not looking at the drone, they're wearing goggles. They see what the drone sees and that allows them to fly crazy speeds through tight windows, through corridors, through caves, down cliffs, and in a bunch of places where you wouldn't be able to see the drone. And it's so- It's literally making me air sick just thinking about it. it. It's like you were sitting in the cockpit of a drone, although the drone is like the size of a notebook and not a not an airplane, which you couldn't uh, reasonably fit into. A little harder, yeah. A little harder. <laughs> um, but it gives you this incredible, when you're watching that content, you have this incredibly, immersive experience as if you are in the drone yourself, right? When you're watching uh, a race or any drone content. And so beyond the Drone Racing League, there is a whole community of FPV content creators and pilots that are using this style of flying to unleash new perspectives of amazing things. And, you know, we've had an incredible renaissance or, or growth on our social media channels, TikTok, we're over 5 million followers, which is, you know, more than many of the, the major established sports leagues. It's more than I've got. <laughs> well, wait, wait till this goes live. <laughs> um, and, and more than almost, uh, I think, all of the U.S., you know, individual sports franchises, right? Th these are in entities that have been around, you know, 10 times as long as us in, in many cases. But it's because of that immersive content and new perspectives of things you're used to seeing, right? When you see you know, a big wave surfer, it's one thing to see it from way zoomed out. It's another thing when the drone is passing through the wave following the surfer. It's um, just so cool. So long-winded way of, of giving that sort of intro to, we had a conversation with the leadership team at New Balance, and I'll just give them a shout out. They are as, you know, forward-thinking and innovative as any group I've, I've ever met. And it's, it's obviously paying dividends with where that brand has gone. And we started brainstorming all of the sports that they're in, the content that they're creating, and it sort of started with this notion of, wouldn't it be cool to see a home run from the perspective of the ball? And that was the idea. And, you know, they, as a, a leader in sort of the baseball category, they have a relationship with the Mets and City Field. 
as well as Francisco Lindor, their, their all-star shortstop. And so what we did is we produced content together where we brought one of our championship, you know, former champion drone racing pilots, a guy named Paul Nurkula, who's, you know, won Emmys for content creation. We got Francisco and the team, and we basically filmed batting practice from a perspective that, you know, you've never seen before, tracking him, running the bases, taking swings, and most importantly, getting that sort of hero shot of what it looks like when a ball is, you know, coming off the bat and flying into, you know, the outfield of City Field. And you did all of that with FPV racing drones and created a piece of content that we're, we're really proud of that gave people a different look at Francisco as an athlete, but also of the sport of baseball. And I think it's really cool, too, that you're talking about your partnership with them, but they're also weaving in their other partnerships as well. There's so much cross-pollination going on that benefits all the parties. I'm a, I'm a little surprised we don't see that more given the way, particularly, I mean, obviously you have the drone capabilities to be able to produce that kind of content, but that kind of cross-pollination is is kind of fascinating that it doesn't happen more frequently, I think. Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, there's a couple factors to that. One, we're a very unique sport in that, you know, the drones are are the ball, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But but a baseball, a football, a basketball don't have a lot of utility outside of their core sport. And our drones do, right? They are they are both the competitor, but also the content capturer or, or device. So we can play well with others in a way that is very additive that would be hard to do in other sports. I think the, the other key thing for us is we play well with others because we we don't necessarily have a lot of overlap with these other leagues. And 70% of our fans don't follow the big five sports in the US. They're, wow. they're more interested in sort of technology innovation, the next sort of Apple product launch than they are in, you know, is Tom Brady coming back, you know, again this season. And we lean into that and say, you know, we're not we're not competing with you. We're not, you know, a threat to you. We are reaching different audiences and imagine what we can do together for you to introduce your audience to this and for us to introduce our audience and and how do we build together? And so drone content continues to be, you know, more at the forefront of sports, entertainment, Hollywood, music, all of these things. And, you know, we we love that we can be sort of a curator and a participant in that. You've got a big partner with blockchain network Algorand. And there's obviously been a lot of turmoil in that space. How do you work with brands that might be a bit newer to these types of investments that aren't as experienced as sponsors and under trying to understand what's going on there, but also making sure that they're on solid ground and that you're protecting your brand from connecting with those kinds of things? Absolutely. I mean, but by the time any of these partnerships come to light, there's been months and months of work and relationship building and trust and diligence that that's come before, right? right? So it starts with that. It starts with us believing in the partner and yeah. their business and and sort of their long-term vision and the people that we're working with. And then it grows from there. And so what I would say is the, the industry as a whole has been sort of uh, oversimplified, right? We are Algorand is a technology company. They were founded by a Turing Award winning cryptographer who's been, you know, in in the industry creating for many, many years. And we have ultimate faith in in sort of that background. This is not a a meme coin that has no value or utility (laughs) that is for retail trading. Um, And and we met with a number of organizations in the blockchain space before we selected a partner. And I think what we loved about Algorand was the underlying technology 
and how they were sort of attacking some of the things that we still hear as challenges to the industry, sustainability, speed, fees, all of those things that we we believed in them as, as leaders in this space. I've been doing this long enough that many industries have gone through ups and downs. And in many industries, there are singular or some bad actors that you know, that have issues of, you know, I lived through the financial crisis in the mid 2000s in, in New York City, seeing all of that. And, you know, we didn't stop finance, we just, you know, eliminated the bad actors and, and consolidated and, and found a better path forward. So as it relates to Algorand, we believe in their technology, we leave, believe in utility, and we're building real things with them. We're building real experiences, we're, we're building blockchain based games with them. Um, so we're very bullish about their future and our future. Just another great example of how we integrate people directly and the companies directly into what it is you're trying to do, getting back to that idea of authenticity. All right, let's shift because the conclusion of the current season is upon us, right? It's going to be streamed and it's going to be broadcast on multiple outlets, including NBC. Can you reflect a little bit on the past season that's winding up and sort of what stands out to you as sort of those seminal moments? Yeah, I mean, this the season has been amazing. It, it's felt like a party is what I would say. The, the energy and excitement of our fan base is what will be sort of the enduring feeling for me. You know, I, I referenced earlier, I started at, at the company in 2020 in the height of the pandemic. Our first few seasons that I was here, we were still dealing with the, the pandemic and not producing big scale live audience events this season having a full return to that seeing packed stadiums smiling fans cheering screaming the the look of wonder that you know i described myself having earlier that i get to see on someone's face when they see the drones take off for the first time and and that will really it, there's no replacement to being there in person but that will shine through on the broadcast seeing sort of the excitement and, and energy of the fans Going forward, are there developments that you're looking forward to that you feel like in the next iteration of DRL, even from uh, the, the league as a whole, or even just simply from a partnership perspective that you're um, looking forward to that you're anticipating? Yeah, I mean, we, we have a number of partnership discussions in the works that we'll be announcing in advance of next season. We are also looking to a return to a more global circuit and, you know, have some big plans for events and various corners of the world that, you know, has been part of our roots historically. We've raced all over Europe, Middle East, Asia in the past. And so a lot of excitement, a lot of momentum around the sport. And again, as we continue to see drones have this moment in culture and showing up in more and more places, we're finding new ways to welcome our fans in, whether that's via mobile gaming or console gaming or soon to come blockchain gaming. There is a lot of interest in the drone space and, and we've sort of become the centerpiece for that. Barry Mark, Senior Vice President of the Drone Racing League, thanks so much for joining us. But before I let you go, we are going to enter the lightning round. A couple questions for you that you do not have any awareness of, and I'm just going to ask you to give a quick answer, the first thing that pops into your mind. Are you ready? I think so. All right, well, maybe. Well, we're going to, it's, not, it's not an ambitious start, but let's give it a shot. Let's All go. Right. You went to Tulane University in New Orleans. What is your insider's Mardi Gras advice? Ooh, it's been a while since I've been in Mardi Gras. First of all, you forgot to mention Cotton Bowl champion Tulane Green Wave uh, coming off a big upset over USC. This is the lightning um, round, Eric. Oh, sorry. You, you can unspool on the Green Wave later. Uh, my Mardi Gras advice is make sure you eat. Make sure you find time for some food, get some po' boys, something that's going to fill the belly. Very good. What's better, your drone piloting skills or your driving while blindfolded skills? 
That's a toss-up. I'd probably say driving while blindfolded. Okay. All right. DRL pilots have handles like Vanover, Hallowalker, Gab 707. What would your drone racing league handle be? That is a great question. Um, when I was creating my Xbox handle with my son, who was four <laughs> at the time, he created the handle as Daddy Ice Fire. Uh, <laughs> we're still not sure why, but it exists today. So Daddy Ice Fire FPV would be my name. That is outstanding. Gosh, my, my Xbox handle was picked by my kids and it's a little way lamer. I can't even remember what it is. <laughs> All right, you can pick any location in the world for a DRL event. What's it gonna be? Alcatraz. Oh, right near me. Very good. Thanks again for taking the time. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this ADC Partners podcast. For more information about ADC Partners, please visit our website at adcpartners.com.